0: Chapter four, please. maybe did you hit uh, play on recording stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Just trying to help. We're all trying to help each other out. You're welcome. You're welcome. We all need help. Yep. We help each other. Feels good to be in an environment where you're looking to help each other and not judge each other. Amen. Right, amen. It's good, man. I don't like high pressurized environments. We're family. Um, so, man, I got a great word for you guys today, and um, I. Um, how I mean, you know that the way that you see things has a tremendous impact on the way that you're going to walk and move? And um, you know, let's say for example, and I was thinking about this during worship. You know, how you know if if I am, you know, if I if I have a blindfold over my eyes and I'm and I'm walking. Um, it's gonna make it difficult for me to navigate, right? I'm talking about 2024. I'm talking about the way you see things in 2024. Um, or let's, let's cha- take a different example. Let's say that I'm, I'm trying to go through my Monday and all I'm doing is I'm staring, at, staring down the whole time. I mean, you know, if my perspective is always down, it's gonna be very difficult uh, for me to navigate, to walk in, to move, right? What we want is we want to be able to see things clearly, so that we can we can live and we can move and we can walk and you know we can accomplish our goals. And there, there's something I believe that the Lord is really wanting to bring us into for this year, so that we can see clearly and so that we can navigate effectively. And um, and and what I believe that is is in in. Because he, he wants us to see clearly. He wants us to see when good comes. He wants us to, to be able to navigate our lives effectively. And um, you're, one of the things that's really going to change your perspective on how you see is trust. And Because how many know when there's trust, it always brings rest? When you are trusting, you are in a state of Rest. When you are not trusting, you're not in a state of rest. And so one of the things I really feel like God wants to do for us in this year is, is help us to operate out of a place of rest. And out of operating out of a place of rest, we're going to be in a place of trust. And I mentioned this last week. But how many you know when you have somebody that you can trust, that individual brings rest to your heart. And then when you have somebody that you can't trust then that individual does not bring rest to your heart, right? Because you're not real sure what's going to happen. And, you know, we talk about, we're in Hebrews chapter 4, if you guys want to turn there. We talk a lot, um, and and really what I want to talk about, I want to talk about faith today, but I want to talk about faith in, um, in the perspective of trust. Because, I mean, you know, faith is not really designed to be in yourself. And faith is not this supernatural formula that we accomplish in order to get things to happen exactly the way that we want them to happen. How many know when God one of the definitions of faith is trust? And how many know that everything in reference to faith is really talking about a relationship? How many know God wants you to trust him this year? He wants you to trust him because when you're trusting him, you're in a place of rest. And There is a a development of trust um, that happens in your life. And how many know when when you're scared and when you're afraid and when you're anxious and when you're wigged out? How many know in that time you're not trusting in the Lord? You're trusting in your own ability to get this done or to accomplish this. And we don't want our trust to be within ourselves, we want our trust to be in the Lord which is going to give us a place of rest. But in Hebrews chapter 4 and in verse 3, it says, we who have believed do enter into rest. So when you're in a state of believing, when you're in a state, and we'll look at the context of that scripture in just a second, but I want to bring out that, this concept of trust and rest. When you're in a state of trust and you're in a state of believing, you are in a state of rest. Because how I mean, you know we don't know what this year holds but we do know that our God is bigger than anything that this year can bring, right? And so, um, and in the context of that passage, it's talking about Joshua and Caleb and the children of Israel entering into the promised land. And you know, how many of they sent in 12 spies. Ten spies were not at rest. Ten spies were freaked out by the size of the giants. Ten spies were freaked out about the problem. Two of those spies, Joshua and Caleb, I mean, oh, they were not freaked out. And they weren't not freaked out because they were super strong or they thought they could conquer giants. They just simply believed that the Lord delighted in them and that the Lord was going to give them the land. So being in a place of trust and rest does not mean that you have it all figured out. It does not mean that you know what to do. It does not mean you know what's going to happen. It just means that you know the one who's stronger than anybody. And you're his, you're his child. And if you can keep your trust on, your rest on, you'll see clearly. We're going to look at how trust affects the way we see in just a moment. You'll see clearly, and you can go in and you can take the land. How many of you know Joshua and Caleb went in and took the land? How many of you know all 12 of the spies could have taken the land? There's no reason why everyone couldn't have taken the land. But the challenge is ten of those spies trusted in their ability and two of those guys trusted in God's ability, right? And so Joshua and Caleb had entered into a rest. So let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, this is in context. Therefore, since a the promise remains of entering into his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Very rarely does the Scripture tell you to fear. But th- this is the time when it's super important for you to enter into rest and trust. It says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it, for we which you believe do enter into that rest. Now, quickly, one of the important things to understand about faith is faith is not faith in you. Faith is faith in God. Right? So it's not about how well you measure up. It's about the fact the Lord measures up for you. Can't get an amen. You know, and really anytime you're taught the gospel in a proper setting, the the purpose one of the purposes of the gospel is to get your attention, your focus off of you and onto the Lord. How I many of it's about the Lord's goodness? The Lord's going to be good to you because he loves you, not because you've done everything perfect, crossed every T and dotted every eye, right? I, right? How many of these are not, how I many all promises that God has given to you? You cannot earn these. I'm yelled, this inheritance cannot be earned. So it's really important. You're, you're not looking at you to determine whether God is going to come through for you. You're looking at the goodness and the character and the nature of God and not yourself. That's very important. And that's why David was a man after God's own heart. Not because he was a perfect man, but David attributed goodness to God. David believed that God was good when a lot of people did not, right? That's 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 the heartbeat of God. So... What you understand is, is this, this rest that you're entering into is the goodness of God, not your own goodness. Everybody understand that? Now, how many Oh, you know God has made you good? We talk a lot about this. How many of your faith becomes effective if you acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus? So I'm not taking away from the fact that God has made you good, but once again, that's the work of His hands. So you're not trying to qualify for deliverance. You're not trying to qualify for salvation. You're not trying to qualify these things. What you're doing is you're putting yourself at rest. You're putting your attention, your focus on him. How I many you know that the way we walked into church this morning and the way we just ended worship, we were two we were two totally different groups of people. It's the truth. Because when we first came in, I mean there's battle, there's you know, there's stuff, there's discouragement, you can feel it in the air, there's weirdness and all this kind of stuff. That's the attack of the enemy, everybody. Don't think it not strange, you know. It's not you. There's nothing wrong with you. There's just there's attack, right? And but as we got our attention and our focus off of ourselves and we got it onto the Lord and we entered into a place of worship, how know your heart starts to fill with rest and start to fill with peace because your attention, your focus is on the goodness of God. Amen. And so um, in in Psalm 20 and in verse seven, very powerful statement. Um, it, it says, "Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God." Amen. love that passage of Scripture. It's so powerful. It's so important. And, uh, you know, we as a people are facing, you know, things that are probably greater than us. We as a nation are facing things that are greater than us. The whole world is facing things that are greater than them. I mean, everything that can be shaken will be shaken in the times that we're living in. But our rest does not come from putting our trust in the government are putting our trust in the American dollar, are putting our trust in really anything other than the Lord. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord God. Amen? And how many you know when you're trusting the Lord, it changes the way you see everything. Now, Jeremiah 17, and um, we'll take a look at this passage of Scripture. And um, I, I love this passage of Scripture because one of the things that I want for you and I want for me is I want us to be connected to something that's stronger than what this world has to offer. And God always gives you an invitation to connect to His kingdom where you don't have to be affected by the shaking that's going on in this world. You can be rooted and grounded in something that's stronger than what's going on in this world. Everybody tracking me here? That's one of the things that God gives to you is that you can have a supply system that's greater than the supply system of this world. You can have a strength that's greater than this world's strength. You can have a joy that's greater than this world's happiness. You can have a peace. All these things are eternal things that we can tap into. I want that for you. I want that for me. I want that for my family. I want that for our church, um, because um, this world is is not solid right now, but there is something that is solid. And it's the Lord, Amen, and His kingdom. And so um, in Jeremiah seventeen in verse five. It says, Thus says the Lord, Curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, and he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. Remember how we were talking about seeing. Now, when it says makes flesh his strength, that means your own strength. See, when you're trusting in your ability to change the problem, to deliver your family, to get your loved ones saved, even to pay your bills or get your body. When you're trusting in you, you don't have rest. So God does not want you trusting in you. God does not want you trusting in your own flesh. God wants you trusting in Him. And so when someone is trusting in man, trusting in themselves, what ends up happening is is they can't see when good comes. Good's still coming, but they can't see it. Because going back to the analogy of, you know, if I'm just going through this whole year and all I'm doing is staring down, I mean, you know, good can be coming, but I won't see it. So when, when, when your trust is in the Lord, it's going to change the way you see life, and you're going to see good when it comes, taste good when it comes, pick up the good when it comes, because you have the ability to see it. But if you are. Just completely and totally wigged out and not at rest, you're not going to be seen properly. Everybody understand this? Now, listen. No condemnation if you're wigged out. No condemnation if you're not at rest, right? All we're doing is making an adjustment. That's it. You can, you can, in 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 once in less than a second, you can stop trusting in you and start trusting in the Lord. I mean, you can. I mean, you can. Just, you can catch it. When your peace is gone and you're getting stressed out, wait a minute, I'm trusting in me again. I'm looking down. I can't see when good comes. Everybody tracking me here. And all you do, you just change, you just change what you're trusting in. How do I know I'm trusting in, in, in the Lord, Jeremiah? You have rest. And you have peace. That is what you guard. That's your part. Your part's not to fix the problem. Your part's not to fix everything. Your part's not to have all the answers. Your part is to let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You guard your heart with peace. That's your part. How do you guard your heart with peace? By trusting in the goodness of God on behalf of you and your family. Can you get an amen? I don't want to live this year wigged out. Like, I just don't want to do it. You know, and, and have everybody in this room, you currently have pressure. In different areas right now, right? And and I and I encourage you, once again, getting back to what I'm saying, your part is to guard your heart, let not your heart be troubled, maintain peace, maintain rest, so that you can see clearly and you can see properly. Amen. And then it goes on to the to the rest of this, and it says, Um, but shall not inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and the salt land which is not inhabited. But now this is us. Say this is me. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green, will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. I'm talking about being fruitful when other people are not. You know, thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. I'm talking about you putting your trust in the Lord and in the promises of God. Amen. Your your relationship with God right now is very important. I mean, it, it's kind of like just the, the the playing the game of Christianity is pretty much over. I mean, like we really need our God in a real way in the times that we're living in, right? And but it says here that you don't have to be afraid when he comes. And you don't have to be anxious in a time of economic turmoil. It says that you can be fruitful in that time. What's the key? What's the key? Back again, your perspective. When you hear the reports of the world, when you hear wars and rumors of wars, when you hear about earthquakes, when you hear about you know people doing lawless things, when lawlessness increases, as it has, and all of these things, you, you are careful to guard your heart from trusting in man or trusting in horses and chariots or even trusting in your own ability, and we get back onto the goodness of God so our heart is filled with peace, and you can be at rest in the midst of all of those things. Everybody tracking me. You can through your relationship with God. Your relationship with God can keep you in a place of rest. Now, now there may be times you labor to enter into that rest. How many of y'all, y'all had to get to church today? How many of y'all was not easy? Everybody here had to probably shake your flesh a little bit to get your butt to church. You know what I'm saying? Myself included, and I'm the one who's preaching. You know what I'm saying? You know, And so you had to go against some adversity to get here, but aren't you glad you came? Because we've already experienced His voice. We've already experienced the presence of God. And so there may be a labor to enter into that rest and getting back to what I shared at the first of the year. Really, your part is to eat, spend time with the Lord. Did you have something? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's good. I appreciate your zeal, young man. Awesome man, praise God. We were all in the flesh except Daniel. Amen. (laughs) He was in the spirit. Thank God for him. Right? Amen. Um, That's good. Um, But there, there, there will be a labor to enter into the rest. There will be a time when you, you know, you make a decision to worship God. You know, Stacy and I the other day, we were dealing with some stuff, and we finally had some time together. Like we finally had kids, you know, in all different places, and it was just us together. And, yeah, I know, praise God. But but I knew, but but what we did, and the first thing we did was you just worship God. And, it's you know, I just turned my phone on, put a song on, and we worship God for about three songs and just presence of the Lord. And uh, not that we didn't feel like doing that at the time, at the time, you know, we weren't, you know, super pleased with each other, if I'm completely honest with you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we weren't We're like, oh, we got some time together, here we are, you know. And uh, it's just like that, it's just life, you know. I mean, oh, you know, you get on each other's nerves sometimes, right? I mean, oh, you get on your own nerves sometimes. You know, I'm bugged myself. You know, like, I don't even want to be around me, and I live, you know what I'm saying? So just being honest, we're human beings, but, but what we needed, you know, was the presence of the Lord. And as we got into his presence, and then, like, we have a book that we kind of been reading together, and we read some of that, like, after that, like, we were all kind of, like, tuned up to the Lord. And then we had a great day. We had a wonderful time, and we had a good time together and all that stuff. But it was a labor to make that happen, and we did not feel like doing that at the time. And how many of y'all sometimes you got to press through the way you feel so that you can spend time with the one that's real, who, who brings back reality to you. Amen? And so trusting is the key, I believe, in this year and staying in a place of rest, right? Amen. Very important. Now, uh, so let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. And and once again, it's important the voices that you're listening to, you know. Be careful not to get your heart overcharged with the cares of this life. You know, don't listen to voices that scare you and freak you out and bring unrest in your heart. And that goes for church voices and that also goes for news voices, right? I'm not saying don't be informed, know what's going on and all that, but don't, don't partake of these things to the point where you're living afraid. There's no place where God has called you to live afraid. Living afraid is not scriptural. It's not. He is, he's not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. God doesn't want you living wigged out. He wants you to be at rest. He wants you to be at peace. Amen? In Galatians you know, chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision uh, nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. And so that word working is the word energio, um, and it means faith is energized by love. And, and let's bring that over into the realm of, of trust. Because faith is the word pistis, and it can easily be translated trust. Faith is energized by love. Faith works through love. And, we, and let me break it down to you like this. When you know somebody loves you, you trust them. Period. When you know someone loves you and cares about you, that person brings rest to your heart. And so, really, one of the the primary things that we try to do here in preaching the gospel is we want to reveal to you the character and the nature of God and to show you that God is actually good. And He loves you. And He is for you, right? And so, as you spend time around the true nature of God, it will help you to trust Him. But you know, I spent time, I'd say I spent about 14 years of my uh, Christianity not really knowing who God was, and I lived wigged out, because I thought I, I thought that I had to perform, I thought I had to do this, I thought I was always fasting to move God, I was always giving to move God, I was doing, you know, I was, you know, 4 four hour church services, and and always trying to make the pastor like me, and always trying to impress everybody, and and I, I, I did not really know who God was. I kind of knew him, you know. I got set free from drug addiction alcoholism, and he was living on the inside of me, but I didn't really realize how much he loved me. And then about 2010, I started finding out how much God loved me and started finding out that the cross was a success, and Jesus actually did a good job, and my sin was paid for. And I didn't have to, I wasn't adding anything to that. And as I started to get a hold of that, it started to change the way I trusted God. Because it stopped being about me, and it started being about His goodness. See, if your Christianity is about you, then you're going to be wigged out. Because your goodness is is going to be like this. And, and, and if you are what you're trusting in, yo-yo, that's right. And it, it's a tough life. I mean, it really is. But when you start to understand this is actually about Jesus and the fact that he's a hero and he loves you and he wants to rescue you and you spend time around him as someone who loves you unconditionally, this is what happens to your faith. Now, I don't even think about faith anymore. Like, used to be that's all I thought about was faith. Faith, 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 faith. Learn about faith. Got to have Faith, 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 faith. faith. Now, I don't even think, I mean, faith is like, I don't think much about faith. Because I don't use my faith to get God to do something. Faith is just a window for me to see Jesus through. The person of Christ. You know, how many know if we, and I give this example a lot, but if we have a beautiful sunset outside and I point to the sunset, the, the greatest success of the window is that you won't be aware that it's there. And it'll just reveal to you the beauty of the sunset. The purpose of your faith, you know, how I many you know if you got to looking at the sunset, you stop looking at the sunset start looking at the window, and staring at the window and studying the window, how I many of you are losing out on the sunset? Your faith is for the purpose of revealing to you the character and the nature of Jesus Christ. And when you understand how much he loves you, your faith gets energized and you begin to trust the Lord. Can I get an amen on that? And so, and then in, in Ephesians chapter 3 and in verse 17, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And how many know when it's talking about being rooted and grounded in love? How many of your roots are surrounded by nutrient giving earth? And your whole Christianity, um, is bringing you into the process of being rooted and grounded in His love. And I'm telling you, when you believe that God loves you on a heart level, it changes everything in your whole life. Like, I'm not scared what this year has to bring. I'm just not, because I know God is for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know He's going to take care of me. I know He's going to bring me through. Like, I'm not afraid. Um, not because I'm awesome, but because He's awesome. You follow me? And so... Being rooted and grounded in love is, and that is where you start to trust. Why does a tree not fall in the storm? Because its root system is grounded in something more stable than itself. So when we're talking about trusting God, once again we're going back to the gospel. We're going back to the fact that God loves you. And bringing that into a heart level so that you can trust Him because then you start to know Him. Isaiah 26 um, in verse 3, I love this one. It says, You will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for in y'all the Lord is everlasting strength. You will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So, here's the thing. In the days ahead, God wants you to be conscious of His goodness and His love towards you and His greatness. Because when you are conscious of the Lord, you're going to have peace. And this is an invitation into intimacy. I mean, you know, you could talk to God all the time. I would encourage you, talk to God all the time. Talk to God about anything, silly stuff, important stuff, you know. I mean, I, when I'm at the gym, I talk to the Lord. When I'm about to hit like a really big lift, I'm like, all right, Lord, let's do it. Like, come on, let's hit this. Let's, get, let's do this, you know. And, uh, and he loves stuff like that. You know, you're about to clean the house. Talk to the Lord. You know, you're about to cook dinner. Talk to the Lord. I mean, the door is open. He loves it. I mean, he died for you so you could have intimacy. So you can just talk to him, man. And here's the thing. The more conscious you are of him, the more you're going to be at peace. We get scared when we lose sight of him and we get our eyes off of him. Everybody tracking me here? And so this passage is just a beautiful promise. It says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Right? Just like my kids. If my kids see me, like if they can't see me, and I'm, we're out somewhere or something like that, all of a sudden they see me. As soon as they see me, they have peace. Because they know that they, they know that I love them, and in their minds, I'm the strongest thing on earth. Right? And so like, you know, if they're having a nightmare or something like that, as long as they know where I'm at or they can see me, they have peace, right? Well, it's the same way with the Lord, but multiplied by a billion times. The Lord wants to to keep you in a place of peace, and it's going to happen out of a place of intimacy, amen? Include Him in everything that you're doing, okay? Never think, God never turns away from you, okay? He never does, why? He lives in you. He's united with you, you know, And, and honestly, in... It, understanding this would also help deliver people from some temptation as well. If you're dealing with temptation, you're dealing with fault, talk to the Lord. He's right there. Talk to Him while you're making a mistake. See how successful the mistake is to keep you, because it won't be. But what happens is we think... Hallelujah. We'll just switch. Um, but, and this is still recorded still, right? still on this. Okay, cool. It's good. Um, but if you can understand God never turns away from you, like he never, he, he loves you and he's for you and he's with you and that like never changes, you know? And, um, it's awesome. I mean, it's the best news in the world, but this, this place of intimacy is going to help keep us in a place of peace. Now turn to Proverbs chapter three. If you're turning your Bibles or if you're looking at the screen, but one of the things about trusting the Lord is there is going to be. I think I'm just going to keep this, Tim. This is fine. Thank you. You can go ahead and change the batteries. Oh, is it childproof? Okay. Amen. Really, I knew Tim's not going to be able to open that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's cool. Take it to uh, Brian. Brian will get it, man. But um, thank you so much. But but it's cool. I'll just stick with this. But Proverbs chapter three, and um, one of the things about trust. And it it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Now, here's the thing. This is important. Trust is not tested until things don't go your way. And that's why it's so important to think of faith, not just in the realm of some kind of spiritual power that's going to complete an equation. No, trust is when things are not going your way. Things are going contrary to the word of God. And it's looking like God's not a million miles near you. That is when your trust is tested. And that's when trust really matters. Everybody tracking me on that? And, and, and so that's why it says not on your own understanding. And that is a big part of trust. And that's one of the things that's going to carry you through. You know, and I always give the example of my kids. If I tell Ethan, who's, you know, 18 years old, I say, hey, man, we're going to get ice cream. He knows that my word is good. He knows we're going to get ice cream. If I tell Lily, who's two, we're going to get ice cream, she wants ice cream right now. Because in her mind, if it's not happening now, it ain't really happening. And then get mad because it's not happening now, right? But Ethan has spent enough time with me to know if I say we're getting ice cream, we are going to get ice cream. It's going to happen. But you're going to have to trust me while you don't see the ice cream. Amen? And so there are t- there are promises that the Lord has made to you. He's prom- promises to heal you. Promises to prosper you. Promises to restore you and to heal you physically, emotionally, financially. Um, there's all these promises, but it's through faith and patience that we inherit these promises. I- if everything was automatic, there'd be no need for trust. This is not microwave Christianity. This is not you know, there there are moments where you're going to trust God when it looks like you're standing against the Red Sea. How many of y'all, that's when trust really counts? God has been developing this relationship with you for a long time, and His, his heart is that you would trust Him. Even when you don't see things happen the way that you thought that they would, that's when trust counts, right? That's when it actually means something. Um, and and then, in, and, so, and then in Proverbs 13, it talks about one of the ways the enemy tries to attack our heart. Proverbs 13 and verse 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. And so one of the things that the enemy really tries to bank on is the passage of time. It's the truth, man, because like, you know, that passage of time... The enemy tries to make you feel like God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. Why hasn't this happened? Why is this happening? And then he banks on this passage of time. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to wound your heart so that your heart becomes sick. What does a sick heart look like? A sick heart is a heart that cannot trust. And many of us have been wounded in the area of trust. Every one of us have been wounded in the area of trust. Because that's one of the primary goals of the enemy. See, if the enemy, if our children were left unchecked and just had that heart and that faith of a child um, and they never experienced any type of distrust or heartache, how I many of oh, them would be unstoppable? And so the enemy's got to try to in there and wound. How many of your kids just believe you? I mean, I, I mean, it's the thing, man. Like my kids, they believe. They believe everything I say, and so, like, which is a tremendous amount of responsibility, but also it's a beautiful thing. We're born trusting. We are. We are born trusting, but then what happens a lot of times is our heart gets hurt so many times that we have a hard time trusting God, trusting people, trusting ourselves. And in, in all of our lives, there is a healing in our hearts that God wants to bring to pass so that we can effectively trust him and trust people. Here's the thing You know how you can trust people? By trusting God with people. That's the only way that it heals. Because people, are go- people will let you down. Good people will let you down. I mean, no, you will let yourself down. And so all trust is going to come from this relationship with the Lord. Because I may not be able to control somebody's actions or behavior, but if I can trust the Lord, then I can, then I can begin to trust that that person has the ability to change through God's grace, and I can begin to trust myself. I can begin to trust those around me. Now, I'm not saying that you trust people unconditionally. How many of you gotta be you got to be wise as serpent and harmless as doves? Can I get an amen? How many of you have to, you know, we love unconditionally, but we don't trust unconditionally. But God doesn't want you living your life in this jaded place of 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 self-preservation where you don't trust anybody but you because you're the only person you trust, because you're the only person that hasn't let you down. How many of you know that's not a way to live? That's not family, that's not community, and that's not healthy. But some of us arrive to that place because we have been hurt so many times, but I just want to tell you that God wants to heal that. God wants to heal your heart, and um, and he wants to, to restore to where your heart's not sick, and you are a person that trusts. Can't get an amen, you know? But And I know that can be difficult. You know, I know that when Stacy, I wish she was in here so she could share this, but you know, when we came out of our church situation that we were in and uh, we were severely hurt in a church situation and, and I mean severely hurt. And um, when we left, when we finally left that place and basically lost everything that we had, lost of all of our relationships and all of that. And uh, we lost all of it because we chose Jesus <laughs> you know, over 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 all everything else. But when she left, she was so hurt that she was pretty she was upset at God and she's like why did all this happen you know and uh, and she wasn't reading her bible she wasn't praying and you know and, and, and i remember cuz we had to, i mean we lost everything we had to, we had to, we had to move out of our house i lost my job i mean we lost all of our friends we lost everything i took my little family and we moved into my mom's basement every bridge was burnt to a crisp and we had nothing and um, it was a painful time and you know and she and you know and at that time her she was blaming god She's like God. Why'd you let this happen? You know, and um, and yeah, I mean, I can remember her. We were we were having to clean out our house and having to move out and all that. And I can remember her saying that to me. You know, and I just knew. I just knew it wasn't God's fault. You know, I just that's the only thing I really knew. And um, but and then God spoke to her and and spoke to her heart and was like, "I'm going to prove myself faithful to you." And He did and her heart was restored, but it wasn't automatic, and it took time, you know, because some of the worst wounds you can get are, in, are Christian wounds, you know what I'm saying? They're the worst, man, because a lot of times you get hurt in the name of God, and it can make you feel bad towards God, but I, wanna, I want you to understand, God's better than all of his people. <laughs> it's the truth, man. I mean, periodically, Christians act like idiots, Right? And periodically we are those idiots. You know, i never exempt yourself from, you know, right. if we can be honest, right? And but God's awesome. So never, never judge God by the bad decisions of his people. Now there are good people, praise God, and thank God for good people, but even even good people will let you down. Okay. Nobody's perfect. We're all operating in earthen vessels. The treasure is hidden. But anyway, God healed her heart. And helped her to trust again. But it took time. And here's the thing. There's, there's this passage of scripture where it says, um, A smoking he shall not quench, and a bruised reed he'll not break. And so God loves your heart. And your heart, in his eyes, is a beautiful thing. And when your heart is wounded, he's going he's gonna to work to heal your heart and to restore your trust. Right? Now, it does not mean all your questions are going to be answered. In fact, I'll promise you all your questions are not going to be answered on this side. Like you're not going to know the whys of why everything happened to you or for you or whatever. Um, You don't get that in this life. Now, in the next life, I believe you'll get that. And I believe that God will be exonerated from any accusation against his goodness. I believe we will come to find out that God was even better than what we thought he was. But all of us experience hardship, all of us experience heartache, and, and there are some things that we don't know why and there was a time in my life where I thought I could explain everything and I had gotten a nice tight neat little box, but I don't believe in it anymore. Sometimes my answer to people is I don't know. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 I and I feel comfortable saying that because I don't have to have God all figured out and you don't know either. There are things I do know, but then there are things I don't know. But in this life, the enemy's always trying to attack your heart through the passage of time to cause a, a sickness to come into your heart. So, that you don't have the ability to trust or even the ability to hope. But God is faithful and he will restore those things to you. Now, Mark chapter 4, and this is a powerful powerful I think I just made a word. <laughs> powerful parable. It's a powerful. <laughs> Me and Mickey were talking about that before. So it's a, it's a powerful. Praise God. It's a parable. Anyway, if you're in Kentucky, you're allowed to do that. <laughs> Create words on the regular, right? But it's it's really, it's one of the most important um, parables in Scripture. And it's about the parable of the sower. And um, it's talking about the condition of your heart. Because really, the parable of the sower is what happens every time we gather together. You know, I come in here and I, I endeavor to, 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 to sow seed into your heart of the kingdom. And, 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 and trust God that that seed would grow and increase in your life. But there are... Um, different conditions of the heart um that help facilitate the growth of the kingdom on the inside of you but there's this one thing just one specific thing i want to talk about in verse 13 we'll pick it up and then we'll take a look at it so uh, uh mark 4:13 it says and he said to them do you not understand this parable how then would you understand all the parables The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts, talking about the hard ground. And these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble or are offended. So this is one of the ways the enemy tries to steal the word from you and cause you to not trust the Lord. And it's when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Okay. You hear a promise concerning one of the things that God says he'll do for you. Protect you. Heal you. Deliver you. Whatever. And you hear that word. Here comes the word. So that's that's the reality in the kingdom. that God will do this for you. Then all of a sudden you experience the exact opposite of that. To the extreme. So now you have a decision to make. Are you going to hold on to the faithfulness of God concerning this promise? Or are you going to get offended that it didn't happen the way that you thought it would? And if you get offended at God, or at his word, or at the preacher, or the promise, or whatever, then what ends up happening is the enemy steals that word from you, and it doesn't come to pass in your life, and then what, it, what happens is it becomes an area of bitterness, and distrust in your heart towards God, it may not be in the forefront of your being, you're still lifting your hands, still worshiping, still coming to church, still doing all those things, but in here, there's this place where you don't really trust God with that, because you experience something contrary to what He said. And and who and what you have to understand is the person that brings that contrariness is the enemy. The enemy comes to steal the word, and so if he can get you offended, upset about that promise, then what ends up happening is is that word gets stolen. And it doesn't actually come to it's not coming to pass in your life. So anytime you hear about a promise, anytime you hear about a word from the Lord, there's gonna be an attempt to take it from you. And you've got to hold on to the goodness of God when you're not experiencing that goodness in your life. And you've got to trust and judge God as faithful, even when you're not experiencing it. And that is a part trial of your faith. This is the not fun part of Christianity. <laughs> this is the part we'd, we'd rather do without. But the enemy's going to come and try to steal it. And he's going to try to offend and he's going to try to, to, to get you to stumble. But then it, the, the, the thing that it says that causes us to be successful in their life is this statement. They have no root in themselves. What are you supposed to be rooted, grounded in? Love. And so when you understand that God loves you, and His love for you is real, and it's beyond your human experience, but it's based upon the cross and the success of the cross, and you begin to understand the nature of God through uh, the, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ... Then you can get rooted and grounded in an ever-present love, and you can stay thankful rather than being bitter. You can you can you can um, experience love, His love even in the midst of those challenging circumstances, because there's going to be times in your life it feels like Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. But here's the thing. If you didn't experience that, you would have no opportunity to trust God. If you got everything that you wanted the second that you asked for it, you you and you become a spoiled child, right? And 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 so the element of development of your relationship with God where you trust him. When you don't see things happen the way that he said it would. And then it's through faith and patience that you inherit those promises. Right? Yeah, man. It's true. How many of you told Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations? And he just got older and older and older and older and older. His wife was um, barren the whole time. Then, you know, he was in his 90s. And and then eventually, how many other promises came to pass? If you look in the scripture, you know all those dreams that God gave Joseph. How I many didn't look like those things were going to come to pass? How I many know oh, uh, when God came appointed David as king? How I many know oh, David didn't become king for a long time later? And so there's a there's a development of trust, and and here's the thing, and, and see, trust really matters when we don't understand. That's when it really counts. Amen. And let's turn to First Peter chapter one. And what you have to understand is that what God's doing in you in developing your trust, it's not just for this life. See, when you go to the next life, you don't take any of your stuff with you. You don't take your clothes, you don't take your money, you don't take, Anything with you. But you know what you do take with you? You take with you the, the trusting God that you developed while you were on earth. You take your faith with you. You take your relationship with you. So what you're developing in trusting the Lord, it's not just for this life. It's an eternal thing. It's interesting. In First Peter chapter 1, and verse 6, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little need be, been grieved by various trials. Anybody been grieved by some trials here? <laughs> Praise the Lord. The, the genuineness of your faith, your trust, being much more precious than gold that perishes. God's like, this is more important than money. Your gold, gold perishes, but this, this lasts forever. Being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. And so what you have to understand is that when your trust is being tested, now here's the thing, God's not the one that brings the challenges. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God's not the the author of bad things. God's the author of good things. Now, God will take everything the enemy throws against you and he'll turn it for good. But God's not out there killing people and hurting people. That's not nature, that's not who he is. And and the scripture declares don't be deceived in this area. So, every, every way you turn, God is good. God's not evil. Very important to remember that because if you're going through a trial and you think God's the one that's bringing it to your life, then how are you going to resist it? Why are you going to a doctor? See? And there's a whole catalog of teaching that that teaches things that are not scriptural. And you must know that when you're going through a trial, God didn't bring that trial into your life. God's not the author of those things. But... God will use that trial to help develop your trust in Him on the other side. Amen? Very important to understand that. It's, it's very difficult for you to stand against something that you think God brought into your life. And people teach that trash all the time. No. Did Jesus ever break anybody's leg while He walked the earth? Did Jesus ever give anybody cancer while He walked the earth? He didn't do that, did he? And see, you didn't you didn't really see Jesus. you didn't see God till you saw Jesus. The law and the prophets were a shadow of the truth. Jesus said, You've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is how God acts, just the way I act. And how many of you, Jesus went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil? Where Jesus was, sickness was not. Amen? It's important to understand that, because if not, it'll be real, it'll be real difficult for you to trust God. Why are you gonna trust somebody that beats you? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's, that's perverted. You know, you, you, you know <laughs> praise the Lord. God, he's, not the, he's not the author of death. He's the author of life. Amen? And so, but there is a testing of your trust. There is, there is a trial of your faith. And it's more than gold, and it's something that you're going to bring into the next life. And in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, do not be sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I mean, you know, sometimes it requires the passage of time, right? We've, been, we, we've quoted that verse over and over again um, during the course of this. And so there there will be, but what you have to understand is, I don't know why this mic keeps going out, but the better <laughs> this might be, dear God, praise the Lord, Hallelujah. Amen. I don't feel like messing with it. If it does it too much more, I'll switch it out. But um, when you're going through something and, you're, and your trust is being tested, number one, it's this, this not coming from the Lord. And, 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 and number two, understand that it's working for you a far more exceeding and eternal glory. Amen. And, and when you're trusting God, once again, getting back to what we're, and we're closing right here, How many of it changes the way you see everything? That's why it's so important for you to understand evil doesn't come from God. God is not the author of evil. God's the author of life. And so when you're going through a challenge, you can resist what you're going through, standing on the promises of God, trusting that God is going to bring good things to pass in your life. Amen? Amen. And um, and to not be offended when those challenges come, not be offended. You know, like we, we had something really frightening happen to us the other day. I was I had the kids out in the RV and and um, I was just watching the kids and and uh, hanging out with them and stuff like that. Let Nathan and Stacy spent some quality time together. And Lily, who is absolutely fearless, and um, had cl- had cli- cl- climbed up into the top of the. Uh, of the RV, there's like a very top part, right? I'm okay with her being up there. Okay, there's like a bed up there, and they were both playing and stuff like that. You know, I'm keeping an eye on her and stuff. And and uh, well, man, I turn away for one second to try to open the window because when Ethan and Stacy are gonna come home, I'll freak them out. We're gonna yell out of the RV at them, <laughs> and that was our plan. And we we're gonna like surprise them. And she fell out of the top thing, fell all the way down and landed on on the cor- on the corner on a corner on her back and just scream bloody murder and man i mean it and i just snatched her up man and just started praying over her and just acknowledging the lord in that situation and you know just endeavoring to keep fear out and to trust the lord and to pray over her because I mean, the enemy was hitting me with a thousand scenarios right there in that moment. How I many? That's when the rubber meets the road concerning your faith and what you believe. And and this is a moment. Now, did God do that? No. You know, do we need to blame somebody? No. How I many? know Right now, we just need to access the promises of God. And man, we just—I just was praying over her. Eli was praying too. And man, just a couple minutes later, no more tears. She's ready to climb right back up there again because that's how she is. Like, and I let her do it because I don't want her to be afraid of it. But there was no, no, was no lasting anything. She just had just a mark on her back, you know. And uh, but how That was a moment where my trust <laughs> could could have been tested. God doesn't promise you that you're not going to have trials and tribulations. He he tells you that you will. But what he does say is he's going to be with you and he's going to deliver you out of them all. Can okay, I get an amen? But but the key element here is keeping your trust in him, right? Can okay, everybody want to make a decision to trust the Lord this year? And when we get out of that place to labor to get back into that place so we can maintain rest, right? And then I read two final scriptures, and these are extremely encouraging because it's awesome. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? What God started in you, God's going to finish it. You're not going to finish it, he's going to finish it. Can I get an amen? Takes all the pressure off of you. What he started in you, he's going to finish it. Such good news, I love that promise. And then Romans 8.28, it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to His purpose, so what does that mean? That means everything the enemy throws at you, God's going to work it to good. Can I get an amen? amen? Best news in the world. So, hallelujah! In this year, um, in order, and going back to Jeremiah 17, and I actually I'll, I'll just read that to you real quick because this is where this is what we're looking for in this year for us. It says, "Blessed is the man blessed is the woman trust in the Lord." and whose hope is the Lord for they shall be like a tree planted by waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes and its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit that is God's plan for your life this year you're not going to be impacted what's going on in this world you're going to be fruitful you're going to bring forth abundantly in this season of your life. And you don't need for the world to be a perfect place in order for you to be fruitful. Can I get an amen? All right, Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity um, to just gather together and hear your word. And I just speak a blessing over your people. I thank you, Father, you help us to trust you and to stay in a place of rest and have a great year this year. Well, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good word. Amen. Uh, well, go in the peace and joy of the Lord. Y'all have a great week. If might prayer, for